Hey, welcome to the show. If you like the podcast, make sure to follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts to get the latest on the Warriors every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, it's Locked On Warriors on a Tuesday. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Mercury News. The Warriors were blown out by the Lakers last night, dropping them to 500 after a big win against the Jazz. So Golden State is still in ninth place in the West. They have a pretty okay cushion over Memphis and New Orleans, but they are beginning to lose ground in regards to leapfrogging this play-in tournament. Portland is three games ahead in the sixth spot, and they could be getting C.J. McCollum back as soon as tonight. And it's starting to feel like the Warriors have to make a run soon or they're going to be left behind. But before I get to that, and I have a question about the second unit that I want to get to, and we'll get to our fake trade of the day later on. But Steph Curry had maybe one of his most candid interviews after last night's loss. Our expectations go through the roof when you play like you did last uh, against Utah. And you come and drop the ball tonight, and that's why we are 20-20. and But it takes a lot. Winning is hard in this league. We all know that. And we all know... You can't just show up and uh, momentum's not just going to carry just because you played well the game before. It's a collective effort across the board, but it's just an understanding that winning is hard. And we talk about the margins and, you know, where we are as a team. And, you know, if you want to beat the good teams, you can't have any cracks in the armor. You know, we put up a decent fight tonight in the first quarter and then the wheels fell off. So we got to play better. We have to develop a winning attitude every single night. And honestly, we got to get sick of, you know, just getting blown out because that's embarrassing. I think we have to have some pride about how we're playing. You can lose games. That's going to happen, but not like that. And so it's not necessarily the losses that are concerning, but the blowouts because they just kill momentum. Uh, a win over Utah, the team with the best record in the league, is good, but you just can't follow those up with blowouts. It's one step forward and two steps back for a team whose priority is moving forward and development. And this is why, like Steph said, and Steve Kerr said the same thing after the game, this is why they're 20 and 20. This is why they just can't seem to shake free of just being a 500 team. And look, Steph Curry is going to play at this all-star level, right? That you, you pretty much know that that's what you're going to get. But what separates the great players from just the okay players or even the above average players, the good players, the sometimes is the consistency with which they play. And Steph Curry is has been so consistent. And and the blueprint for every Warriors loss this year has almost has for the most part been Steph Curry plays well and nobody else does. And so in a, in a game like Monday night where uh, Andrew Wiggins has 15 points, but most of those coming in garbage time. Kelly Oubre only getting 12 points, uh, several of those coming in garbage time. There is, and, and that's it. That, that end of list of guys who scored in double digits, uh, Nico Mannion had 10, Jordan Poole had 14, but again, all of that came in garbage time by the time that this team was already down by 30 in the fourth quarter. And so Steph obviously needs help, and, and that's why you have so many concerns about what the long-term vision for this team is because Draymond Green, as much of a core piece that he is, is is not a, a producer. Two points, 0 for 3 shooting. Uh, both of his points just came d- during a trip at the free throw line. He's a non-scorer, a non-factor offensively. Klay Thompson's going to come back, and that's going to be helpful, but we don't know what he's going to look like. 
And I mentioned on Monday's show that he seems optimistic, but and, and I'm encouraged. And he'll be better, right? He'll be good, better than what they have now, helpful. But we don't know if he's going to be great like he was, where every night you can count on him like you were able to. And that's where Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre come in. They need one of those guys to step up. And eventually James Wiseman will get there. But can you really ask a 19-year-old right now to do that? Can you ask him when he's 20 next year? I don't know. But why can't it be Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre? Because they have had, they have experience. They have a track record of being high-volume scorers. Andrew Wiggins, multiple times in his career, has averaged 20 points per game. Kelly Oubre averaged 18.7 points per game last season for Phoenix. And I understand things are different, that they're playing in reduced roles right now in Golden State, and that they've, they've settled nicely into those roles. But they need to have moments in, in meaningful pockets of the game where they can take over. Where they could take over and not be so deferential to Steph and Draymond. That is the next step. When we talk about going forward, when we talk about development with this team, getting the most out of this team. It is finding opportunities for Wiggins and Oubre. Wiggins and Oubre finding opportunities for themselves to be more specific, to take over games and be those high-volume scorers that the Warriors need. Because it's not enough. It's not enough to have a good game every three nights. The Warriors need more from that, even when Klay Thompson comes back. The Warriors are going to need more from that, even as James Wiseman continues to develop. You're, Wiggins is making $30 million. Oubre is trying to make, get his next big contract, making $16 million right now. You need more. And they, they are both on the cusp uh, of their primes. They are still young, but experienced and on the cusp of their primes, unlike James Wiseman. You should be able to rely on them and not so much on the 19-year-old rookie who's played 31 games since his senior year of high school. Okay. That's who they need to step up if they're going to, because you, you know what you're getting from Curry and you know what you're getting from Draymond. But if th this Warriors team is going to leapfrog this playing tournament and take that next step and get out of this, you know, treadmill of being 500, of this one step forward, two steps back sort of thing that they're doing this season, then it's going to come down to Wiggins and Oubre playing better in the early portions of the game, in the meaningful moments of the game, and not just padding their stats during garbage time. You can't have that anymore. Coming up, there is a clear problem and solution for the second unit. But first, let's talk about Rock Auto. With an ever-increasing number of vehicle makes and models, it can be impossible to stock all the parts you need for your car, especially now while you might not be able to visit a traditional store. So do it easily online at rockauto.com. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low without the markup that you find at chain stores or car dealerships. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, and then write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. 
Betting on the NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. The fake trade of the day is next, but first it's the Twitter question of the game, and it comes from Chris who writes in, I'd argue that the second unit's biggest weakness is offense. Their defense isn't good, but is it significantly worse than other second units? The offense, on the other hand, isn't even in the same league as a good number of NBA second units. So we're two games now into this new second unit experiment, which uh, involves Nico Mannion and Jordan Poole as the backcourt, playing basically a ton of pick and roll with James Wiseman. And that is the idea. That is the way that Steve Kerr thinks that you can coax the most out of this second unit, create some consistency, and give it an identity. And that, to me, is what that Warrior second unit had been missing. Early in the year, it, it, the identity was small ball, switching everything, spacing the floor, Eric Paschal bullying his way, getting to the basket, but you just couldn't sustain that. And so they needed a new identity. Uh, and when I think about successful second units, they have that ball handler, that point guard, shooting guard type, who can just go get buckets. And, and a lot of them do have that pick-and-roll partner. I think about Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell with the Clippers, you know, for, for so many years. And now that Harrell is in with the Lakers, and by the way, he dominated, he has now become their second unit identity. That is what you think of. And James Wiseman being a part of that second unit should be able to produce. There should be a... he. Steve Kerr has called him basically a scorer, and that is what he is. Right, he can produce. He didn't produce that well against the Lakers. Um, looking at his stats now, seven points on three of seven shooting, eight rebounds. Didn't have a great game. Uh, was completely outmatched by Montrez Harrell, who had 27 points on 11 for 14 shooting, and a lot of them coming against Wiseman in those stretches uh, when when Wiseman was in and, and Steph and Draymond were out. But yeah, defensively. And I said this last night on Twitter, which is what Chris was responding to. Uh, second units just aren't as good, and, and, and rarely, rarely do they thrive, right? And, and so I'm not that concerned about what they do defensively. It's more about just finding an off uh, an identity offensively, and that's what they are trying to find. So Jordan Poole, Nico Mannion came back down to earth a little bit last night. Jordan Poole he kept his double digit streak alive, but only again because he was able to pad his stats. Uh, in garbage time, was not an, uh, an impactful player uh, during the meaningful portions of that game. In that second quarter, that's when the Warriors, that game got out of hand. They were down by only two points, I believe. Was it? Yeah, two, three points, I'm sorry, at the end of the first quarter. And then the Lakers outscored the Warriors 36-24 to in that second quarter. Most of that, again, that advantage happening when the second unit was in for the first half of that second quarter. So that's when, that's when they lost the game. That's when they lost the game, and that's what the Warriors are trying to prevent is losing the game in those moments. You don't have to dominate the game, but you can't you can't completely let go of the rope in that portion. You cannot do that. That starting group is going to keep you in games for the most part. We know this, right? For the balance of the season, that starting group has been pretty good. Um, even against the Lakers team that was without Anthony Davis but had LeBron James, and, that, and LeBron James did play uh, uh, for a big portion of the second unit stretch. So that's just a tough matchup for them against the Lakers when your second unit is going against basically LeBron James and Montrose Harrell, right? That's tough, and I get that. Uh, so I'm not alarmed just yet. 
right? Again, this is just two games into this experiment, right? Just the second game where you had Jordan Poole, Nico Mannion, and James Wiseman playing in that starting portion of the second quarter. And Steve Kerr said he's going to stick with that group uh, going forward for the foreseeable future. I think that's the right move. But offensively, that's where the concern is. But the solution is give it time. Let them develop some chemistry. Watching that game, you could see over the last two games, really, you could see possessions where they look to be on a string, that they look connected, that, hey, let's just execute a simple pick and roll. It's working. Let's do it. James Wiseman is playing well. It's all good. And then there are other portions uh, other or other possessions, I should say, where they look completely out of sorts, and they are lit- quite literally still trying to feel each other out. There are times when they're just running in each other's way. They don't really know where the other player is going. It'll take time, right? It, it's it's Manning, it's Poole, it's Wiseman alongside Eric Paschal and Kelly Oubre. It's going to take time for those guys to gel and figure out how to play with each other, and that's what every single I asked everybody on that second unit that has spoken with us over the last couple nights uh, what does that second unit need? And every single one of them said, just time. More reps, more possessions, more playing time together. And that's when the chemistry will start to form. Uh, and so if you're Steve Kerr, for the Warriors, don't make any knee-jerk reactions to this loss. Again, it was a tough matchup, tough stretch there in that second quarter. Uh, but you need to give this team and that unit specifically more time to develop some chemistry and develop an identity because that's what's going to carry that second unit uh, for the rest of the season. And by the way, March 25th trade deadline, maybe you make a move. I know that they like Nico Mannion long term. He might not quite be ready to lead a second unit as the point guard. Jordan Poole is more of a combo guard. Uh, Brad Wanamaker obviously out of the rotation right now. Maybe you make a move for more of a primary ball handler type who can run that second unit for you. Coming up, our fake trade of the day is next. But first, let's talk about bet online. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Plus, March Madness begins this week. Bet Online covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV as well. Real time updated odds and props on almost everything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered on all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up today. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Again, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus, but only when you use that promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Let's also talk about our friends at Built Bar. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar covered 100% in real chocolate. And now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is time for Built Bar Madness. And today's matchup over at BuiltBar.com is between Coconut Almond and Peanut Butter Brownie. And guys, this is an easy decision for me. I'm not a coconut guy. Maybe you are. People love like Almond Joys. Get out of here with that. It's not my thing. I don't love an Almond Joy. Meanwhile, anything peanut butter and chocolate-related, Arisa's, it's one of my favorite desserts, one of my favorite candies out there. So I'm easily going peanut butter brownie on this one. Peanut butter brownie over coconut almond, that, that's an easy decision for me. You can go ahead and vote over at uh, BuiltBar.com or Built underscore Bar on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off on your next order. Now, that's a new promo code, guys. LOCKED15 to get 15% off. One five, fifteen 15% off on your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. 
Increasing your basketball IQ starts with listening to the Hollinger and Duncan podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. NBA analytics pioneer and front office insider John Hollinger joins Dunked On podcast host Nate Duncan to bring you the most in-depth scouting reports, game breakdowns, and salary cap analysis. Subscribe to Hollinger and Duncan today, wherever you get podcasts. Uh, Kevin writes in, in my opinion, trading Wiggins is more complicated than most realize, so trading him for an expiring contract is a non-starter. The Warriors are so far over the cap with just Steph, Clay, and Draymond that Wiggins' contract is a trade-slash-cap asset at a minimum. If they get an expiring deal and the player walks, they gain zero space to sign a replacement player. I do agree it gives them money to re-sign Oubre Jr., which I would love for them to do, but no new free agents could be signed with the money saving on losing Wiggins' contract. It's the same reason that they did the sign-and-trade with Brooklyn for D'Angelo Russell. Unlike most, I like Wiggins, and I want to see him play with Steph, Draymond, and Clay Thompson. Uh, so that email, again, comes from Kevin. Thank you for uh, the email there. And it leads us to the fake trade of the day. Welcome to uh, Dorkapalooza. Stephen A., they've been very active. They're going to continue to be active up until March 25th. No. No, I want my picks back, all of them. I want all three years of this team's future back. That's not fair. Well, you want to cry about it, Tommy? You want to make a little magic before the clock runs out on both of us? I think there'll be a lot of teams calling, uh, gauging. And believe me, Kevin, the only problem you're going to have Sound fair enough? What kind of package could they potentially get for him? Do they want to move forward with him? Sammy Sapster, it's Billy. What do you think of Benefro? I can let you have him for almost nothing. Why would you do that, Billy? Because I'm amazing. Are they going to uh, you know, move off of this team and, and you know, be willing to just dive into the lottery? Or do they want to keep some of these assets around? Uh-huh. All I want is a couple of bucks and a sweetener. Move off. What the hell is there to hold on to? Door, 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 compulsion. It is the fake trade of the day. Every day I go to TradeNBA.com to source trade ideas for the Warriors. And here is the deal that I found from TradeNBA.com user Roman Reigns. It's a, it's a big one. It's a five, it's a five-teamer that involves the Warriors, Rockets, Clippers, Thunder, and Orlando Magic. And I will spare you... Uh, listing who's going where and everything that's happening, uh, and I will focus on, on on the core parts of this deal, that the Warriors get George Hill and, and Victor Oladipo. They sent Andrew Wiggins to Houston along with Michael Mulder. Uh, the Clippers get John Wall. The Thunder get uh, an assortment of things that includes Jordan Poole and Luke Kennard and Ivaka Zubac and the Magic get basically Brad Wanamaker and some guy on the Clippers and, and not much else, and I don't really fully understand why they're involved in this deal. But um, the idea that the Warriors could trade Andrew Wiggins and his $30 million and, and, and some other spare parts, essentially for Victor Oladipo and George Hill, to me, is interesting, right? Because, like Kevin, I like Andrew Wiggins' fit on this team, and there is a need to hold on to his salary. Because let's remember... You lose Kevin Durant, but you execute a sign-and-trade to get D'Angelo Russell so you can maintain a maximum cap slot. You flip D'Angelo Russell into Andrew Wiggins. You're still maintaining that max salary spot. But if you trade now him for two players, right? If you do a a two-for-one here, 
And one of those players is George Hill, who's under contract for you know nine, ten million dollars next year, and Victor Oladipo under contract for twenty million, twenty-one million dollars this year, but will be an expiring contract. You can resign him. You can resign him and keep him, but you're not going to resign him at a max salary, right? And and there is obviously the risk of losing him. So either way, in this sort of deal, you lose a max salary cap slot. Now, that's not to say that you can't still stack up salaries to get to a max salary type of deal in the event that you try to trade for that sort of player in a superstar trade. But it's not a guarantee, and there's substantial risk involved. And so while I like the fit of Victor Oladipo and George Hill, theoretically, because let's say next year you're able to have Steph, Clay. Kelly Oubre starts at small forward, Draymond Green, James Wiseman, and Victor Oladipo and George Hill coming off the bench as your new Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston. I think that's what the Warriors should be trying to do is figure out who is your next Iguodala, who is your next Sean Livingston, who is your sixth and seventh men who you trust in a playoff situation, in the NBA Finals, in a Game 7, who do you trust? They don't have those players right now. So you got to go find them between now and the start of next season. Right, and, and really, their offseason for next season starts at this trade deadline because they have no salary cap space regardless of whether or not they get off of that Wiggins salary. They, they cannot create cap space. So you're, you're, you are as flexible now at this trade deadline as you will be at any point until the start of next season. So the offseason starts now. So you got to go find those players now because they don't have them. And that's why you hear Bob Myers talk about how aggressive that they're going to be. And again, I like the fit of Old Depot and George Hill. That's sort of the spirit of what you're looking for. But you can't trade Wiggins for those players unless you're getting other assets back. And I just don't see it happening right now for Golden State, for Wiggins, as as encouraged as you might be by his play uh, and his fit right now with the Warriors. George Hill is a guy I would seriously look at. Victor Oladipo. I would look at, but I wouldn't trade Wiggins for him, right? You, you trade your other expiring, Kelly Oubre. If you could stack up some salary, get Kelly Oubre uh, traded for Victor Oladipo, then you would at least explore that. But if I'm the Warriors, I'd much rather look for somebody who is under contract next season, like George Hill, but maybe you're going to have to get another team involved, and George Hill is not going to be enough to solve all of this team's problems. You're going to have to get another player at some point between now and next season. So uh, that will do it for today. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Lockdown Warriors wherever you listen to podcasts. Please rate, review, and say nice things about the show. You can send your comments and questions to me on Twitter at WC Goldberg or email them to me at wgoldberg at bayareanewsgroup.com. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. I'll see you here tomorrow morning.